This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Eero. For free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada, visit Eero.com and at checkout, select Overnight Shipping, then enter code GOG to make it free. This show is also brought to you by RX Bar. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash GOG and enter promo code GOG at checkout. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How was your week, Brian? Uh... Okay, everybody's sick. Uh, what happens when you have a kid is you just start trading the cold back and forth, and uh, it's running its course through the family the second time around. Hopefully, I will <laughs> avoid it this time. Um, I, I, have you ever heard of this, Jason? <laughs> this is something that my wife's family does. Uh, oil of oregano. You, you Oil you, of you oregano. Buy a bottle no. of oil of oregano, and then you fill up the dropper, and every night before you go to bed, you put a drop of this stuff underneath your tongue, and it's supposed to stop you from keeping sick. Now, to be fair to my wife's family, they do not get sick all that often. Also, though, I am famous for not getting sick all that often, and uh, they, they swear by the oil of oregano, and I like to point out that uh, I don't get sick either, and I've never done this before. So I'm thinking it may not have much of an effect, but when in Rome, <laughs> um, so every night before I go to bed, big old drop of oil of oregano under my tongue, which is nasty, but then has lingering effects of making me want pizza. <laughs> I was going to say, that, so. sounds, that sounds like quite delicious. <laughs> It's a, it's a little rough in its concentrated form, but uh, I, bet. You know, I, I don't know wow. if anybody's ever out there has ever heard of this as a as a way to stave off of cold. But uh, it's apparently an ancient Chinese secret, okay. Canadian Chinese secret, <laughs> Canadian Chinese secret. That's great. Yes. Uh, no, it sounds like you have the fluberus. Like, it's like an orborus that just keeps eating himself. But uh, you're just keep getting <laughs> sick yourself over and over again. Yeah, this house is a disgusting Petri dish at the moment. So there you go. I but you ya. have exciting news. You have life-changing news, apparently. Oh, Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Um, I got fired Okay. Uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're recording on the second, so I got fired on the first. I got a lovely, a lovely uh, letter of termination from A.J. Kazarowski. Mm-hmm. Now, people are like, who the fuck is A.J. Kazarowski? Oh, that would be A.J. Harbinger. And he's he goes by AJ Harbinger on the Art of Charm because Jordan had a really cool name, Jordan Harbinger, and he's right. like, I want to, I want that name too. So he kind of changed his name. This is the thing that's been confusing everybody. I told everybody that I got fired from the Art of Charm, right? Yes. So everybody's like, Why would Jordan fire you? I'm like, it, Jordan didn't fire me. AJ <laughs> fired me. Now here's here's the bombshell. You ready for the bombshell? Sure. AJ fired everybody. Right. So he took the entire show and kept it for himself. So Jordan got fired. Jen got fired. Bob got fired, Jason got fired, Steven got fired, and the other Jason, which is me, got fired. Right. So we are all free agents right now, and uh, things will, you know, we have, we're kind of floating now. Everybody's going about their own thing, trying to make some money, and uh, there will be news in the future. But yeah, Jordan didn't fire me, so anybody that's like, I got a, I got a note from a friend of the show, Chen, the other night. She's like, oh my God, should I unfriend Jordan on Facebook now? And, and about 20 other people saying the same thing. I'm like, no, no, no. Jordan didn't fire me. This is the confusion. AJ Harbinger is not Jordan Harbinger. AJ is AJ Krasikowski. And uh, he's a fucktard. And right. he fired me and the team. So on that on that bombshell, <laughs> uh, I do I do appreciate the people that have up their Patreon subscription because of the firing. I do appreciate it because I'm going to need it. Um, 
I, I was asking Brian before the show, or you, Brian. Yes, uh, that'd be talking, me. Talking to the audience mm-hmm. um, about my glasses, because I broke my glasses last week. I fell asleep on the couch with the puppy, and then I, I'm like, I woke up and I rolled over, and I'm like, Where, where's my glasses? And then I rolled over and crunch. Uh, yeah, broke my, broke my nice shiny glasses. And uh, so I'm wearing three-year-old prescriptions right now. <laughs> so I, have a, I basically have a low-level headache all the time. And with getting fired, it's like, can I justify spending $700 on a new pair of glasses? Because that's how much they cost when you get the computer staring at all day lenses. You don't, you have perfect eyes and perfect hair. So you don't have this problem, Brian, but I, uh, I like how you threw in the hair as well. So thank you. Yeah. I hate your hair so much because <laughs> I really, really want your hair. That's the one thing. It's like every, anytime you're in a photograph, I'm like, God damn, I want that hair. But uh, yeah, your eyes work too. So mine don't. So yes, that's part of. Part of being unemployed, losing my insurance, losing basically everything. Um, the fun part is, though, I'm the only one on the team that has a podcast. So yes, shall we? Shall we continue on with the podcast? Yes, let's continue on with what is now officially your day job, at least temporarily. It is. It is. So everybody, please tell your friends. <laughs> yes, please do, and continue the donations. We appreciate it. Jason's not the only person who could use some money. I've got a, a baby needs a new pair of shoes, as the saying goes. Yeah, puppy needs a new pair of. Well, whatever puppies need. <laughs> uh, so last week you'd mentioned that I can get those maple cookies that I love so much on Amazon. And I just would like to point out that you cannot. That brand is not available on Amazon in the format that I desire. I It, it pops up now and then. Now, there's a, there's only one or two people that carry it. So if you continue to do a search, it's important. I'm a little surprised that Amazon doesn't have alerts set up as part of their system. They should be able to I do that. I wish they did. Uh, oh, man. They will pop up occasionally, Jason. Right? You, you are correct. When you went and looked, they had disappeared. When I had searched for them, I found two uh, providers of regular maple cream by Turkey Hill. Uh, three for the chocolate. When you looked, there was only the chocolate ones up there. But mm-hmm. I also, because, because you're my friend, Jason, and because I want to take care of you, <laughs> I, I spent exactly five seconds doing a Google search and found a purveyor of your maple cream cookies, hnwilliams.com, that will ship them directly to you. So there you go. So you, you, you ruined my joke because I had that link stashed away and I was going to unfurl it during the show. But yes, I also found them and I will be ordering from them from H.N. Williams to get my Turkey Hill regular maple cookies. The chocolate ones are OK. Gregory sent the he, he bought me a box of those, I guess, on a whim, but mm. not really my cup of tea. Yeah, there's some maple in there, but I'm just not a chocolate fan. So, right. I know, gasp. I know. But uh, yeah, the regular maple cookies are delicioso and i love this turkey hill brand and now you can get them so uh, Mm -hmm. please stop with the bitching about it well i'm just bitching because out of everybody who goes to canada all the time you've never brought me back a box and i just i felt i felt like our friendship was in jeopardy at some point well when you eventually return to los angeles and i don't have to fly them back to la then ship them to chicago (laughs) perhaps you will get some (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and, and that, that's the interesting thing, uh, as I, I kind of alluded to a little bit. I'll probably be back in Los Angeles <clears throat> again. I know. Let Brian, let the gloating begin in Somebody probably about a year and change. pays way but too much attention to our podcast can go back and tell us exactly what episode I said hate to be back here. I, so. well, I, think, I think that was episode one, and I still lived in L.A. <laughs> so like, he's, you're just like, you'll be back. I'm like, I haven't gone anywhere. He's like, yeah, but you're going to leave, and then you'll be back. And then you're going to leave, and then you'll be back. I'm yeah. Like, Fuck. I'm pretty and much right on with that. Yeah, right. that, one's, that one's tough not to, not to miss. So I've lived with a Roomba for a week now. And as we discussed, we talked a little bit last week about how um, digital assistants are, are AI, because you know everybody has to say AI, our AI assistants are, are not actually learning 
us. We're learning that them. Um, we're, we're changing our behavior to make more sense to our Alexas and things like that, rather than the other mm-hmm. way around. My Roomba is definitely training me. I'm starting to move <laughs> furniture around to make things better for the Roomba. <laughs> I, I did that too when I had a Roomba. Oh God, I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, no. In between, I mean, it's my kid's favorite toy right now. All he does is, is wander around and press the button and try to get on top of it and get it started while he's sitting on it. Uh, in between oh, yeah, dealing like Fung Shumba. Is what you're doing. Now. It really, like, I, I've started to, you know, subtly move the couch just a, little, a couple inches over so there's enough room for it to get by. And it's insane. I just started to realize that basically I'm just being trained by this stupid piece of plastic. So, yeah. Ah, good good times. Um, good for you. Yeah. So, in addition to uh, moving around all my furniture to make my robot vacuum cleaner happy um, and uh, being a nurse to, to my wife and to my kid and, and all of that other stuff, I started to realize that one of the, well, probably the only plus of doing this podcast <laughs> is, is all the amazing stuff that we find um, that we, you know, we do all the work so you guys don't have to and we just report back about things that are good or bad. What I'm realizing is my media cup is overflowing. I've got to start cutting more stuff because of all the different podcasts that we found that I now listen to on a regular basis, all the TV shows. And this is why I cannot watch X-Files, Jason. I cannot fit another fucking show into my (laughs) schedule uh, unless things are really good. I can't watch them anymore. So I rely on you because you have all the time in the world, especially now, uh, to watch all these things. (laughs) I do not have all the time in the world, but I do have I, I, I don't have a baby and I can. Well, actually. I think the issue is I don't have a wife. Yeah, so well, that's a big part. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's just I've started to realize like last night I was like, I finally I had to get out of the house. So I went out with friends at the show, Mike and Fergal. But and then I came home and I was like, oh, God, I really need to watch this. I need to watch this. I need to finish this book. I've got to I've got to I have three podcasts I'm behind <laughs> on. How am I going to get all this done in time for my own podcast? I have 2X, to do my own show. Notes. <laughs> now you understand why I listen to everything at 2X. I'm starting to get it. So, yeah, I'm really going to have to take a look at everything that I'm listening to, particularly podcast wise, and start to start to make some uh. hard, hard cuts. So I'll be uh, reporting on that in the next week or two, kind of reviewing where I'm at with with the various podcasts and which ones I really think are worth continuing on with because i just do not have enough damn time anymore i know it sucks it sucks because yeah i'm gonna have to do a a podcast bankruptcy run here because the last week as you can imagine has been stressful and i'm way behind and i i made the mistake of listening to the new hardcore history that came out as i was going to bed one night that was a bad idea (laughs) i don't know if you've listened to the new episode but uh, it's a I, bad I, idea to listen to that while you go to bed. You know, one of the one of the few times that I really have to kind of dig into a podcast is when I take my kid out for a walk. Like I'll take him down to the park and I'll I'll throw in the headset and while we're walking and I'll play with him at the park. I'm not that kind of parent, unlike everybody mm-hmm. else at that damn park who isn't paying attention <laughs> to their kids. Um, Catch and so, release. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the big times for me to listen. And I saw that there was new hardcore history. I was super excited about it. I downloaded it. I'm walking my child starting to listen to it. And I'm like, I can't listen to this when I'm with my kid. I just know something can't. weird he about cannot. this. <laughs> yeah. He gets in such grim detail. And he even said on Twitter, he's like, if you're sensitive, you m- might not want to listen to this one. And I'm like, <laughs> I used to be on 4chan. I can handle anything. And I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I had started to fall asleep when they were talking about different types of flaying and burning. And I'm just like, I cannot listen to this. And then I, I put on uh, no such thing as a fish to clear my palate before I fell asleep because yeah. that would have been bad. <laughs> now, since I've got this damn puppy and mm-hmm. the other dog, yes. I, it's it's hard for me to get out and you know go to a restaurant. 
and I know I, we've, uh, it's hard. Just correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I've had dogs in the past and I've certainly seen them on TV. Uh, they are capable of being left home alone. Uh, well, there's two issues here. One, the puppy is brand new. He's very young, so he can't hold himself for too long. The other is uh, the rescue that I got him from flat out lied to me and did not disclose the fact that he has extreme separation anxiety. Ah, so it's going to take me a long time to get this guy fixed, and it's going to be really hard, and it's going to take a while. But if I, I knew if I gave him back, then he would, he would end up being euthanized. So I'm keeping him, and I'm working him through it. But if I leave the room, he will cry and scream. I mean, it sounds like just it's horrible. He screams. And all right. Fair enough. So I'm working on that anyway. So it's hard for me to leave the house. But hey, speaking of he's eating my TV. Stop it. <laughs> um, you talked about Uber Eats before and I'd never tried it. And I'm like, oh, let's see what they got. So I went on to Uber Eats and mm-hmm. see if I could get uh, get a meal. And I did. I ordered some burritos and. Mm-hmm. There are special delivery instructions on there. And I said, do not, under any circumstances, ring the doorbell. Your tip is in the mailbox. That was it. Right. First delivery, what do they do? Ring the doorbell. Of course. (laughs) So, you know, right there, I'm like, oh, great. This is not the best for me. Um, So I'm like, "Ah, maybe I'll try them one more time. So the next night, I ordered a hamburger from a local joint that I really like their hamburgers and a, and a salad mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'm not totally a barbarian. And I did the same instructions and the guy followed the instructions to a T. Right now, I don't know if it's because of my horrible review the night before that got him to do it or that he was actually a better driver. The I difference think it's was, just the vagaries of the actual people. Uh, it, it could yeah. be the, the driver on the first night had a four point nine. The driver on the second night had a 4.3. So the guy with the lower rating actually did better than the higher rated driver. Mm-hmm. You can't re- with with such a small data set you can't really correlate and corroborate those those numbers. But unfortunately, last night I was going to do uh you know the third experiment because I wanted to have at least 3 data points. Then I got fired so I couldn't afford to, to do Uber Eats anymore. <laughs> So uh, at some point in the future, we will we'll conclude the experiment of Uber Eats. But uh, there are other delivery services in the neighborhood. But DoorDash, I'm never going back to again. Look, my problem obviously. with them, uh, with all of these services is uh, do millennials just like cold, wet, sloppy, disgusting food? Because it's not as good. It takes a while to get to you. It, it's It's just not. Tasty, like just get off your ass. Yeah, I, I would, I <laughs> beg to differ because the two meals that I got were they arrived like really fast. They were really hot, really good, and mm-hmm. the especially the one that the one that I was really curious about was the hamburger because hamburgers are notoriously yes. bad for delivery. Yes, I think I discussed getting a, a fat burger yeah. delivered once, and it was uh, the fries were cold, and the yeah, it was all bad. Fries sucked. The fries were definitely ter- they were they were hot, but they were mushy, but. That place always has terrible fries, so I can't I can't blame that on the delivery <laughs> driver. The burger, on the other hand, was perfect because I had him cook it a little bit under what I normally like, and so by the time it got here, it had time to rest. And when I ate it, it was absolutely perfect. So I was incredibly happy with the the hamburger delivery, the burrito delivery. Hard to fuck up a burrito. The longer they sit, the better they get. So you right. can't really go go wrong Fair with enough. that. The only difference on the uh, the burrito delivery was I ordered a giant burrito and a regular burrito and when I got when they got here they were the exact same size I'm like uh <laughs> where, I, how do you define giant in your world <laughs> anyway I'm gonna yeah at some point I will try Uber Eats again but 
you know, besides the ringing of the doorbell, I didn't think it was that bad, even though it's a terrible company and we shouldn't be giving them their money. But there's uh, that. Yes, there's that. But, you know, some people got to got to earn. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> I need to eat. They need to earn. Sometimes you just make a deal with the devil. Speaking of making deals with the devil, Kodak and their cryptocurrency deals. <laughs> yes. The New York Times, who has been killing it this week. We've got some amazing articles from the New York Times this week. Uh, they did an article called Kodak's Dubious Cryptocurrency Gamble, where they break down everything that is wrong with Kodak's basically deal, the third party deals yeah. with these people. And it is a great read. The link will definitely be for that in the show notes at GOG.show slash 245. I highly recommend you read it if you want to hear a little bit more of the backstory and the the shady nature of the guy that's running the company that uh, that's doing Kodak coin. Hang on a uh, second. They, Are you saying somebody with. involved with cryptocurrency is shady? Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, for like securities and exchange fraud and can't even like, you know, he can't trade on the Canadian market or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he says he's reformed, but now he's in crypto. Hmm. Okay. It's like, you know, okay, you were convicted of pedophilia and now we're going to let you run the the kindergarten uh, playground. Sure. Sure. Why not? You've reformed. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been a rough week all around for cryptocurrency. Let's be honest. There's there's a lot of news going around. So let's just uh, get that out of the way really quickly. I I, again, you know, I think we've stated many, many times and and for quite a long time now uh, that we we don't trust this stuff at all. Nope. No. So have you yeah. have you cashed out yet? No, no. I've just got it sitting there because I'm curious. And it's such again, like I said, it's it's such a small amount of money. I don't care. So if I yeah. lose it, I lose it. It is what it is. It's it's just fun watching it go up and down. Uh, but uh, the Daily Mail has is asking, are the wheels coming off the cryptocurrency bandwagon? Uh, Bitcoin plunged below eight thousand dollars after a fall of fifty five percent from last year's peak. It's bounced back a little. I think it's around eighty two hundred right now. But uh, it was seventeen thousand dollars so it's lost more than more than half of its worth well, it was over twenty thousand um, yeah it suffered a lot of uh a week of heavy losses this week because u.s regulators have closed in on rival coins uh the cryptocurrency could see further huge losses if it does not recover quickly uh we have india as uh, in case you forgot that's a very populous country it's an awful lot of people uh yep. india is officially not treating cryptocurrencies as legal tender anymore and will stop their use in payments according to bloomberg um they are basically basically they're calling it a ponzi scheme which it is Mm -hmm. and they've been warning about it so now they're stepping in to regulate it that does not mean that they are against the blockchain they are exploring blockchain potential for future digital economy but uh no more cryptocurrencies in india this came a day after south korea decided to regulate and not ban cryptocurrencies we did think that they were going to ban them but they decided not to uh they share the same concerns that everybody has about tax evasion and um disruption of global trade uh, beyond skirting state revenue collections both countries have logical worries about the safety of cryptocurrency given how a hacker stole over 500 million from the tokyo-based exchange coin check last week and facebook has decided to ban any and all ads promoting cryptocurrencies including bitcoin and icos because again uh, they don't want uh, misleading or deceptive promotional practices which these things generally are Yep, and I had a link in here, but which I seem to have deleted or has gone gone on walkabout. That was uh, Hong Kong is basically going to be running PSAs about not investing in ICOs or cryptocurrency. Period yeah. on their on their TV stations. So yeah, that's a very so, interesting one. It's very interesting. So it's just uh, again, we were way ahead of the curve here. So I expect that uh, that one podcast that basically does our show uh, two months after we do it to 
start doing a show about uh, cryptocurrency now. That would be reply all, as, in, <laughs> as I like to say. Shit, we already know. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, and because I just quickly mentioned Facebook, I wanted to point out, and we're definitely going to get into this throughout the show. Um, I don't know if, if if you've noticed because we we both have that uh, what's that uh, Facebook um, plugin, Facebook Purity installed, yep. uh, which gives us notifications if we lose friends. Um, mm-hmm. I've been losing people left, right, and center, and not because they're unfriending me, because they are getting off of Facebook. I've yeah. lost I've lost thirty two friends in the last month. 32 Holy people shit. that I know that have just signed off and said, I've had enough. I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore. Pretty you crazy. Know, yeah. I, I'm glad you pointed this out because I actually, you know, I pinged you last night because our really good friend, Dave Riegler, I'm, he just like, he unfriended me. I'm like, I've known you for 30 years and you're going to fucking unfriend <laughs> me on Facebook. I'm like, what the hell did I do? I mean, I sure I made fun of Trump, but come on, <laughs> you know. I, I, th- and, I think he's, uh, uh, like, he's politically aligned with us, so I don't think that would upset him. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, what the, what the hell? And then you, that's when you brought up that people are dropping. And then I went back and I looked at my list because I've been losing people, a lot of people. And I didn't know if it was because I just removed all my content because I've been using that other plugin that we we have, which is called, uh, what the hell is this thing? It's uh, Social Book Post Manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use that on Chrome. And what I do is at the beginning of every month, I go through and I delete everything from the previous month. So there's right. only a rolling month worth of crap. And I thought maybe uh, because I just deleted everything, they're they're dumping me. But no, apparently they're gone because, yeah, this page is 404. They're not there. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Smart guys. I wish you uh, I wish, I wish I, I I could wish get we off could. the boat, <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by the new Eero and Eero Beacon. As a Grumpy Old Geek, I've been dealing with crappy Wi-Fi ever since it was invented. And I'm glad to say those days are done. I've spent thousands of dollars on routers and extenders over the years, but I can say, yep, don't have to do that anymore. You know why? Because I've got Eero. You know, my house was built in the 1800s from what I'm pretty sure is solid kryptonite. So, of course, the Wi-Fi sucks from the base station I get from the cable company. And if I want good Wi-Fi in my office, then forget about it in the kitchen. No way. I installed my new second generation Eero with two of their beacons strategically placed around the house. And now I've got full signal everywhere and the Eero beacons are genius you just plug them into any outlet and they create a total mesh network in your house these aren't extenders this is a real mesh network they talk to your Eero base station to spread the full signal throughout your home did you know that most extenders cut your bandwidth in half because they only use a single radio for inbound and outbound traffic well now you do so i unboxed mine downloaded the app and had my entire house covered in five minutes seriously You just plug the Eero into your existing router, and it creates an entirely new network for you. Place the beacons where you need more signal, and that's it. Boom, Bob's your uncle. And the app is amazing. It's got a built-in speed test, and you can see all of the devices attached to your network. And here's the best part. The signal strength that they're connected with and how much bandwidth they're using, which means no more rogue devices sucking up all the juice. Now, this is so awesome, you're going to want to get one of these systems as soon as possible. So we've arranged for free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. Visit Eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code GOG. Boom. Free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. That's Eero.com. Select overnight shipping and use the code GOG. In the news. Earnings reports came out this week, so are you ready for some hot stock talk? (laughs) (laughs) No, not too much to talk about here. I mean, uh, Amazon, unbelievable. Uh, Profit for 11 straight quarters, including a $1.9 
billion dollar profit over the holidays. One point nine <laughs> billion dollars in basically a month, and yet they still can't afford to pay anybody shit. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Ten percent of their employees in Ohio are still on food stamps, and surprisingly, the Amazon Go store in Seattle does not take food stamps. Oh, shocking. Imagine that. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the big things that Amazon did this year, obviously, was they bought Whole Foods. I am a regular Whole Foods shopper, particularly since the kid came into my life. Um, I've noticed changes. It has definitely changed over there. And there's a lot of people have started to complain as as Amazon has brought their their uh, logistics and delivery systems and online sales systems to bear on the Whole Foods experience. Um, they brought love, their algorithms, Brian. They bring the algorithms. They brought their algorithms, and people are not happy about it. People, longtime employees, are not happy about the the way that they're being basically micromanaged and looked at, and and customers are not happy because what we're we're starting to see empty shelves. We're starting to see things not in stock. Uh, one of Whole Foods' really cool things that they've always kind of done is they've done a lot of locally sourced things so you know like mm. groundworks coffee here in venice they always made sure you know we're not just going to come come in and put you out of business we're going to buy your stuff and we're going to sell your stuff in our store that's starting to go away because amazon is does not see that as efficient and mm. uh, they want to do their warehouses so a lot of the local deals are starting to go away so customers are starting to complain about that as well i particularly just love this sentence um, eater.com did this really great article about it and this sentence is just great they're out of kale a shopper at the location in Manhattan's Union Square remarked to her friend one evening. That's like very off-brand. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a question. Since you go there, one of the biggest problems I've always had with Whole Foods mm-hmm. is the homeopathic section, which takes yeah. up three aisles in the middle of the store and sells yeah. nothing but fucking snake oil. Have well, that's where you can also go out? get your oregano oil, Jason. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I found myself buying that the other week. So, uh, okay. no, no, that's I mean, come on. Snake that, should, oil. that should tell you the efficacy of your oregano oil. Snake you oil get and it supplements. In the homeopathic section of Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I've noticed some changes. So it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to play out. And uh, since I end up at Whole Foods basically twice a week, I am uh, well placed to let us t- to keep us abreast of the situation. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to leave that one to you. That's your section. You are our man on the ground at Whole That's Foods. That's right. Uh, so Apple has also reported great earnings, a biggest quarter ever. Yet it's considered a letdown, which lets you know how crazy the stock market is and how that's kind of bullshit too uh so they're doing absolutely fantastic but the sales of the iphone x are considerably less than expected so uh even though by all accounts uh, everything's running swimmingly and they're making uh more money than than enough money to make god blush apparently it's not good enough i think what's really (laughs) good though is that the mac sales are down five percent because everybody is not buying these shitty new macbook pros they're terrible machines, so well, it's good I, you, that those are down. So maybe they'll fix it. They'll we've talked about there, there's dual issues with this. I mean, the problem yeah. is that these things are so good now, and and the uh, you know the rate of increase and in return on these new systems is negligible. So why would you buy the newest version anymore? I've I can use this laptop I'm using now probably for another four years before I need a new one. I'm using 2014. I have two 2014 MacBook Pros, yep. like top of the line. They're amazing, and they're fast enough to do everything I need. I don't need a touch yeah. bar. They've got the greatest keyboard in the world. A piece of dust is not going to foil my keyboard and require a $400 <laughs> keyboard replacement. Yeah. They just work. They are workhorses. You can still buy them on the Apple Store. So, And I tell everybody, if you're going to get a new MacBook, get the 2014 edition because it is so good that you just don't need anything else. And 
it, it just there you can type on them for hours and be fan you just love it but those yep. little stupid keyboards are awful yeah, I mean, it perfectly illustrates everything that's wrong with 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 <laughs> with the stock market and and that whole system right now is the fact that Apple is basically going to be punished for making great product. I don't need a new iPhone. I don't need nope. a new MacBook. Why? Because I got really, really, really good products that are going to work for a couple of years for me easy. And, mm-hmm. and we're going to punish them for that now. Apparently so. That's the way the world works. I mean, that's always it's always been the trick when you want to buy mm-hmm. Apple. Wait until they announce something new and amazing because their stock always drops after an announcement. Doesn't matter yep. what they announce. It always <laughs> drops. And that's when you buy. It's that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yep. And we've talked about HQ trivia in the past. Uh, they mm-hmm. have raised 15 million dollars and a trivia game for your phone <laughs> is now valued at more than 100 million dollars. Now, we've been doing this podcast for a few years just a we've, few we've talked about a number of trivia apps that no longer exist every <laughs> trivia app that came out on the market between when we started this show and now we have reviewed and we've come to the conclusion that doing a trivia app is basically the dumbest thing that you could ever do with your time and money because they all fail yes and this one will be no different so 100 million now soon to be nothing the interesting thing about this one is uh, this comes the the round was led um, from Founders Fund, which has it, there's a couple things that are wrong with this. A, it's Peter Thiel's company, who I mm-hmm. cannot yes. stand. Yes, bad. Yeah, evil motherfucker, Peter Thiel. The surprising part is Cyan Bannister is leading the round, so she works at Founders Fund. I know her. She ran mm-hmm. Zivity, which I don't know if you remember. Zivity was basically kind of a it was, a, it was a place where models and photographers could hook up. But if you needed nudie models, mainly, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to cut around the cut around not the sugar there. this. <laughs> yeah. If you, need, if you needed some titties on your photos, let's call Zivity. And they finally shut down recently. And uh, yeah, but I, I, I was very surprised to see Cyan leading the round because the big kerfuffle is the guys who started HQ Trivia came from Vine. And they got fired from Twitter because of like, you know, sexual harassment yeah. allegations from one of the one of the founders so i think peter Thiel probably strong armed cyan into do it leading the round because she's a woman yeah i, I mean maybe. that's my that's my gut feeling it just doesn't feel right right gotcha mm-hmm. anyway uh speaking of uh weirdness airbnb's cfo is out huh. you know why he's out he had a he had a problem with the ceo something that is going on a lot this week it seems <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, maybe he wants to start a podcast. Come on over here, Lawrence Tosi. Uh, but he was—he's—he was been hailed as bringing financial discipline and new focus areas to the company. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he was buttonheads with the CEO because he wanted more power. And then they had a real big fight over them going into the airline market and selling tickets. And apparently, the CEO wanted to start his own—he literally wanted to start his own airline. Oh joy! Airbnb bear. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I would. Would you fly Airbnb Air? No, no, no. Uh, no. We're just going to we're going to rent a plane and rent a pilot. And <laughs> this yeah. isn't our plane. This isn't our pilot. We're not going to pay any taxes on this, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to land in I, Joe's backyard because we rented it out for the day. <laughs> I just think it's a breath of fresh air that uh, this guy is leaving and not because of a sexual harassment issue. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's just like he wanted to do something good for a shitty company. And uh, nope, you're out. You're out. Now, another story yeah, from the New York Times this week, which I thought was amazingly well done. It's called The Follower Factory. Did you get a chance to read this article, Brian? I did. I really enjoyed it. 
It was one of the most amazing articles that talks about the economy of fake followers on Twitter and all these other platforms. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that they, the main company that they go after is called Devumi. Yep. And they do a deep dive on the, the guy who runs Devumi in the fake business front that he puts up in Manhattan, where he actually lives on top of an Italian restaurant in Florida. <laughs> um, now, I talked about a couple weeks ago where I bought uh, 12,000 or 10,000 Twitter followers, right? Yep. I spent 100 bucks mm-hmm. on it. I used Devumi. Now, since the article has come out, every <laughs> single one of those followers is gone. Yeah. Uh, I went from 12,000 to 3,000, so almost all of them. And I, But I, I did get a lot of followers in the interim, so uh, yeah, they're gone. So the experiment is over, but they have a one-year guarantee. So I wrote Devumi Tech Support and got a note back saying, we have, we, yeah, we're experiencing some issues with Twitter's API changes and, and the like, <laughs> and we will have your, your followers back in no time flat. Since they wrote me that back, I lost another thousand followers. So yeah, well, I the, do the, believe the, I am going to be asking for a refund for my crackdown. Is, the crackdown is definitely occurring. I've, I've read a couple of articles this week about uh, some of, some of the bigger people on Twitter have lost over a million followers uh, as they're wow. going through and, and they're cleaning out this stuff. It says uh, even in this article, it says Michael Simon, a celebrity chef and Davumi client, has almost a million followers and he lost like a hundred thousand or something like that. So some of the bigger celebrities have lost in the millions. Uh, I'll find that article and throw it in the show notes because I. You know, it was Twitter, and I was like, "Who gives a fuck?" But yeah, no. Every <laughs> look, here's the deal: everybody's bought followers. I did it just as an experiment to see if it worked, and it does work. You do get the followers, but now that the cat's out of the bag, oopsie. <laughs> well, uh, not everybody, because I'd like to say at GOG Podcast on Twitter with its uh, 560 followers, none Ooh. of them were bought or sold. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, trust me, if we had to buy 500 followers, I mean, that's sad as it is. So Yes, yes, it is. This one came across my Facebook feed, surprisingly enough. My friend Nicole Lee did a great article on Engadget called Fake Porn is the New Fake News and the Internet Isn't Ready. <laughs> the interesting thing about this article is they're talking about, you know, some of the new algorithmically generated porn where you can, you know, have machine learning put somebody's face on somebody else's. Can and, you uh, write to your friend, Nicole Lee, and say that the AI generated porn is just the beginning headline is false? It's not AI. Well, she doesn't have AI in the in the headline. It just says fake porn is the new fake news. The so. sub headline. Oh, OK. The, yes. the sub line. Yes. yes. Well, you know, that is also algorithmically generated. So she probably didn't even write that. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that just comes with Engadget. Like it's built. They have a WordPress plugin that just puts in AI and machine learning AI, intermittently. AI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting because every you know this is coming. We're gonna have yes. this. I'm fine with this because you know why? Without this kind of algorithmic face swapping and things like that, we're never gonna get to the holodeck. So if we ever want a holo, if if we want holodeck technology. In the future, yes. they're going to have to figure this out. So I'm okay with it. Let it happen. Let them go. But they're saying that uh, in the article, it's like a bunch of AI experts saying the only way to fix a bad AI is with more AI. Let's pour some more. <laughs> Get me a bucket of AI and I'm going to pour it on the fake porn and see if it's fake or not. You know, it's very, yeah. it's very funny. I'm sorry. Well, it's just all very funny. It, it's it, There's an app out there called, uh, what's it called? Deep fakes. Um, Deep fakes. Yeah. Yes, there's another one called, uh, let's see, Fake App. So there's already a couple apps out there that do this. What they do is they do face swapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, started started with Snapchat, not surprising. And so, yeah, a lot of people with uh, w- way too much time on their hands are going through and finding uh, porn clips and putting uh, famous actresses' faces in there instead. Uh, 
one uh, use that I do approve of is, uh, as this article over at uh, the AV Club says, uh, deep learning. They decided to switch it up a little bit with the not AI. Deep mm-hmm. learning technology is now being used to put Nicolas Cage in every movie. Did you watch these <laughs> clips? I didn't know that there were clips. I saw the I saw the <laughs> the screen grabs and I was cracking up, but I didn't watch any of the actual clips. Yeah, they are fantastic. So if you want uh, Nick Cage in uh, Har- as a Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you can have that now. The clip is in there and it's hilarious. So this <laughs> stuff is pretty funny. Um, yeah, this is you know I started really thinking about this after after reading these articles and looking at these video clips, and mm-hmm. we are getting to a, a point where we're just going to have to accept the fact that. We cannot trust anything that's digital. The, exactly. the only thing that we're going to be able to really trust anymore is real experiences that you have yourself out in the real world. And that's the reality. And it's going to be here within five years. Easy. Yeah. If not sooner. So yeah, this stuff looks pretty good already. I mean, it really does. <laughs> no shit. That's the thing. That's why I'm like, okay, we're not going to stop it. So let's embrace it and figure yeah. out what we can do with it to be awesome. Because, you know, <laughs> you, you plug in some VR, you got your, you know, your, your body suit and all that stuff. Say, say you want to have the best brothel in the world. There you go. You swap whoever's face on that body you want and mix and match. And there you go. Yep. I mean, that's yep. it, it, we're getting to the holodeck is it. Yeah. It's just put all these pieces together in, you know, five years. The video tech will be there. Twenty years. The rest of the tech will be there. We'll probably be long gone. But hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Unless I go to that, uh, that, that those three aisles and. Whole yeah. foods and get, get, your, my, get your get oregano my oil. oil, oregano oil. That's it. Um <laughs> Now, here's an interesting one. Artificial intelligence may have cracked freaky 600-year-old manuscript. This mm-hmm. is a, a manuscript, a 240-page manuscript called the Voynich Manuscript. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, kind of got this crazy language and a bunch of really weird uh, uh, fo- pictures in it. I was going to say photos. Uh, yeah, no, they didn't have photo- photographic technology back then. But they've been trying to crack this thing forever, and nobody can figure out how to do it. So... They started to run it through some machine learning or artificial intelligence, however the fuck you want to call it. Um, (laughs) And they ran it against the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which was written in 380 different languages looking for patterns. Mm -hmm. And what they did at least finally figure out that it was encoded using Hebrew. Right. Nobody could figure that out. Uh, So now that they know that it was encoded in Hebrew, they can take the next step. So this is the first step in cracking this actually using the stuff that we make fun of every week for something that is kind of interesting. Now Mary. it would be, I, I cannot wait to see what it says because it would be really funny if it's, you know, just like a, it's a six year, 600 year old blog. Like, Oh, I went to the store this week and <laughs> it was just some guy fucking with everybody. You wouldn't believe it. They were out of kale. <laughs> no oregano oil today. Oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm super interested to follow the story and see what it is. It's probably going to end up being like a cookbook or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and another article in Vanity Fair by Nick Bilton. I love Nick Bilton sometimes and sometimes I hate him. This time mm-hmm. I love him. It's, the article is, this is serious. Facebook begins its downward spiral. Did you mm-hmm. get a chance to dig into this one? Uh, I skimmed this one. I didn't get all the way through it, uh, but it seems pretty interesting. And, and, you know, we always said Facebook is too big to fail. It's never going to oh, go no, away. Not. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah, you not. Always, you always said that. I never said yeah. that. I was always on the other side of it. Um, and one of the great quotes, as a society, we feel like we're at war with the computer algorithm and the only winning move is not to play. True that. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this after reading this article and all the other articles talking about, you know, Everybody is down on Facebook and, and advertising and all this stuff right now. It is 
the tides have turned. These guys are up against the wall waiting for the revolution, and they're the first people to get shot. The thing that would fix Facebook and turn it into a useful platform, I believe, is to abolish linking. Without linking, there is no play for people to come in and scam it. You just talk to your friends. If there's no linking out, then there is no value proposition for everybody trying to game the system. If you get rid of linking, you can have a, a, a discussion platform. And that's what that's the only thing that I can think of that is going to fix it. Yeah. I, I, can it be fixed, though? That's the question. I mean, Zuckerberg even tried to make a change. And, and as soon as he did, you know, where he was going to replace the feed with just your friends and get rid of pages from it. And as soon as he announced that their stock price dropped. So can, can you do it being a public company is the question. Here's and the deal. It I doesn't don't really, know if you can. I don't think you can either. And it doesn't matter being a public company because he owns most of the shares at this right. point still. So. He can still do whatever he wants, but uh, yeah, he can probably get sued for breach of fiduciary <laughs> responsibility, and then he'll just yep. say, here's money, go away. <laughs> <laughs> here's money. <laughs> here's money. Um, and in reading that article, I found another link to a, was, um, what is this, on new shift at, uh, shift at oh, Newco. Before, before we leave the Nick Bilton article oh, please, completely, yes. I, I, did, I did want to point out that he has, a and going through the various complaints about Facebook and, and all the things that people are starting to get upset about, it annoyed me to no end that he brought up the old thing that we spent time debunking multiple times on this very show about uh, that Facebook is listening into private conversations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that a hundred thousand times. And I'm tired of seeing this appear in every article where people are talking about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no. OK. No. Off my chest. OK, that's good. I'm good. Now, yeah, the article that I found in there that I linked to is called My Internet Mia Culpa. And this is by Rick Webb, somebody who I've never, ever heard of. Have you heard of this guy? I have not. So he, he basically was he was in our camp somewhat old guy who you know was there for the beginning of the, the net and was mm-hmm. you know, I think he we, we probably had a beer with him at some point. And we just don't even know it yet. And I just love this. For the last 20 years, I believe the Internet prophets of old. I worshipped at the altar of Stuart Brand and Kevin Kelly. I believed that the world would be a better place if everyone had a voice. I believed that the world would be a better place if we all had no secrets. But so far, <laughs> the evidence points to an escapable conclusion. We were all wrong. <laughs> or to be generous, if we weren't wrong, we're so far off on timescale that those who bought into the vision were misled into thinking that the benefits would come in their lifetime. They aren't going to. Either way, I'm sorry. I love this yeah. article because he's just like, yeah, we believe these fuckers and they screwed us, you know? Yeah, yep. well, I mean, that's that's the show. <laughs> this is why we started doing this show is because we were pissed at the way that everything seemed to turn out yeah um, I, I really like the sentence that he threw in here what if information doesn't want to be free yes that was a discovered great, great that line. information does not want to be free it shouldn't be free when we made information free information became shit and fake and the other really <laughs> interesting point that he makes is like the people who we were listening to you and i and in, in our crowd were baby boomers. These are the guys we yep. were listening to when we went to go build it. Everybody that built the original, you know, bulk of the internet that we know now were Gen Xers. And we were mm-hmm. getting fed bullshit from these goddamn yep. baby boomers. And we believed them because they had the gravitas <laughs> of just being old. And, you know, uh, seemingly... don't forget, they also had had the money. They went, here's money. And they gave us money to build this stuff. <laughs> uh, well, they didn't give us money. The people, other people who listened to them who were younger than us, who were Wall Street assholes, they gave us the money to go build it. And uh, yep. yeah. But yeah, yeah. If you look at the the difference between who built it, who who proselytized it and who financed it. Yeah, us Gen Xers were basically, you know, we were just the workhorses. 
We didn't yeah. have anything good. Now, going back to what you were talking about, about Facebook tracking you, I found an article on Gizmodo that made me furious. Absolutely furious. <laughs> Facebook knows how to track you using the dust on your camera lens. Okay. Okay. I can, I'm, I'm fine with that. I understand that. Okay, there's pattern recognition there, and they can do facial recognition based on that. This article was not, had nothing to do with that. This was about patents and the patents that Facebook files to maybe do, you know, people you may know. Yeah. And it just goes around and around in a bunch of different things saying, hey, yeah, we, we have the technology, but we're not using it. We have the technology, but we're not using it. But it wasn't. I wanted to hear more about the dust on the camera lens algorithm because that's pretty cool. But right. I, no. think the, I think the real point of the article is that, OK, it's a good idea. You can get drunk at a bar and come up with an idea and say, hey, there's going to everybody's going to have dust on their camera. And what if we. You know, use that as a as a vector to see like who's in what and who's knowing who. Problem with that is twofold. A, it doesn't exist. So you can create a patent on something that is an idea that has no backing technology. Yeah. The other one that these people didn't think of is every time I pull my camera in and out of my pocket, the dust pattern it changes. Shifts. The dust <laughs> yeah. pattern changes constantly. Yes, yeah. the dust pattern does not stay the same. So it's a little bit ridiculous. Oh, like they got, uh, they got all, points uh, for the thought of it, but yeah, nobody's nobody's. Dust on their on their camera lens stays the same. There might be some points, but come on. Anyway. Yep. And if you're really worried about that, uh, I, I will bring back my old uh, Amazon link in our show notes for the and wait for it. This is one of my favorite ones. Zoom's webcam cover, Swiss manufacturing camera protection, iPhone and smartphone accessories, privacy three pack, black metal. Black metal. This episode is also brought to you by RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. What does that mean? It means their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. Seriously, no BS. RX Bar's core ingredients are completely simple. It's like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds. And it turns out real food ingredients actually taste really good. You can really taste the cacao, the real fruit, the spices like the sea salt. With Brian's baby and my puppy, our hands are quite literally always full. So RX Bar is fantastic for a quick breakfast or snack in between cleaning up the collective poop that we both have to deal with. And RX Bars are delicious. I've tried just about every bar on the planet, and these are hands down my favorite. They come in 11 delicioso flavor varieties, so you can get a bar for almost any mood, like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors. There's always something to eat. Personally, I love the blueberry bars for breakfast, a peanut butter bar for mid-afternoon, and when I'm feeling indulgent, the chocolate and sea salt when I sit down for my nightly reading sessions. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They're just absolutely fantastic. Now, for you, for 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash GOG and enter promo code GOG at checkout. Again, 25% off your first order. Visit rxbar.com slash GOG and enter promo code GOG at checkout. Trust me, you're going to love these things. Ups and doodads. Brian, you are on the Instagram I've seen you I there. Am. I've seen pictures of your kid, and you've seen pictures of my puppy, which you will never let me live down. But you have seen the ads. They have tons of ads now everywhere, right? Yes, and yes, just, yes, yes. It's for crap. It's for crappity crap, crap, crap. So what I started doing was I'm like, what, what, are, what are you selling me? And then what I would do is I would take that, go to Amazon, and put it into Amazon and see how much it costs on Amazon. What I mm -hmm. found is basically it's a three to five times markup if you buy it on Instagram. Period. Right. So people are just buying cheap shit, 
buying ads on Instagram and then reselling it. That's all they're doing. Now, that being said, <laughs> I saw an ad on Instagram this week for these motion detected little, you know, battery powered lights that you can just put around your house. And I'm like, man, that those would be really handy for me right now. Mm-hmm. So I have a I have a contender here for another another Amazon title, <laughs> a mere motion sensor light, cordless battery powered LED night light stick anywhere, closet lights, stair lights, puck lights, safe lights for decorative hallway white pack of six. Nice. <laughs> yes. Um, on Instagram, these lights were going for nineteen ninety nine for two of them. I found them for nineteen ninety nine for a six pack on Amazon. Nice. And I ordered them and I set them up last night because in the middle of the night when the, you know, the animals have to go outside or me as an old man have to pee every three and a half hours. It's nice to have a motion detected light so you don't have to turn on, you know, the house lights. Worked great. 20 bucks right. for six of them. Best deal in the world. I love them. I've got a, I, I have them strategically placed in the house now. This was the best 20 bucks I've spent all year. I love these things. Very cool. They look pretty cool. I think I might have to pick up some of these. Yeah, I would go for the the warm light version. I got the the bright white light version. I would go with the warm ones. I think it's two dollars okay. more, but uh, these are these they can be a little bit like ooh, ooh, a little little too much. Two dollars more on uh, Amazon. Eight dollars more on Instagram. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, AR Kit is getting an update with iOS eleven point three, and uh, yes. the next web says it's next level good. So, so sick of I read the article. It's pretty cool. <laughs> the only thing that they're really talking about is now you have vertical surface recognition because before it was only horizontal planes. Now it can mm-hmm. now it can do vertical surfaces. It's really cool. That's all I'm saying. It, it is, is actually cool. really cool. This stuff is pretty cool. You can put Nick Cave on everything. Yeah, Cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would prefer Nick Cave on everything over Nick Cage, but me too, actually. Yeah, I, I do like the Nick Cave. Now, I, I'm sure that you saw this. Everybody's been talking about it. The, yes. the boring company flamethrower, the five hundred dollar yes. flamethrower that's out there. Well, Democrat yes. Miguel Santiago from California mm-hmm. announced that he is going to try and ban them. I honestly thought okay. it was a joke when the article was read to me while I was sitting in Los Angeles traffic. Well, if you let Elon Musk do his work. He won't be in traffic anymore because he's making tunnels, you dumbass. Uh, the state of California and the county and city of Los Angeles have entrusted Mr. Musk to help alleviate a real public policy problem here by executing a tunnel under the city to help alleviate traffic. This deviation feels like a slap in the face. Here's the deal, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you what the deal is here. Yes, it's a $500 gimmick. But all it is is a roofing flamethrower that you can buy on Amazon for $50 right now. Yep. Yeah, that's all it is. Because you can have, you can sell to the public a flamethrower in California and in the United States in general if the flame does not surpass 10 feet. So all he's doing is just, he's, he's ba- he should put this on Instagram with the Instagram ads because that's all he's doing. He's buying cheap shit and reselling it for yes, you know, it's, 10 it's times a, a markup. A pub- it's a publicity stunt. It's funny. So what? It is <laughs> funny. Get over it. It's funny. Yes, and they are. They are definitely going to sell out. They're. They're almost. They did. Oh, they. They I, are. I now, think they did. Now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What's funny is I. You know, before I lost my job, I was. I was actually contemplating it because <laughs> I thought it would be a cool artifact to have the boring company flamethrower. You know. It's, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a limited edition thing. They'll probably be on eBay. You know, next week. But. Uh, I thought it was fun, but five hundred bucks is a lot. Let's let's be. It's a lot for a for a fun little thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I look, I scare people away enough 
<laughs> I don't need a flamethrower yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a flamethrower, Jason. No. And we were talking about Apple before, and I, f- I did find an article in Gizmodo called How the MacBook Air Changed Laptops Forever. And for me, this was a really nostalgic read because I don't know if you ever had a MacBook Air, Brian, but... I did not. I was oh, PC about that you, point. You missed out because the MacBook Air, still to this day, I have just a huge amount of love for that computer. It was It was yeah. the best computer I've ever owned. And even the first, what, I mean, what, the first 100 episodes, or not 100, uh, at least the first 50 episodes of this show, I used a mm-hmm. MacBook Air for. And yep. they were great. They were, they were powerful yeah. enough. They weren't fantastic. I mean, you wouldn't want to run Logic on it, but you could run Sound Studio, and that's all we needed back in the day. So I, I miss the MacBook Air, and I hate the MacBook. The new MacBooks are useless compared to the Airs. And I'm, I'm sad that they haven't gotten an update because I love the form factor. I love the weight. I loved everything about them. The keyboard was great. So this was a really good article and a, and a real good walk down memory lane if you're a fan of the MacBook Air. Media Candy. I am so glad it's screener season, Brian. I know you don't have... <laughs> I know you're on media overload right now, but for... I have a uh, digital... St- uh, digital screener for Shape of Water sitting on my hard drive that is probably not going to get watched anytime soon. Okay, well, so far I've watched <laughs> LBJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Donovan is JFK. Really too much burn notice going on there. I was expecting Bruce Campbell to be Bobby Kennedy, you know, because I, mm. I loved to burn notice. Uh, it was really weird. It was an okay movie. Uh, you know, three stars. I give it a three stars. It's it's so hard because you know what these guys look like. It, Woody Harrelson is LBJ. I, I He did a great job. I got to say, he did an amazing job. Jeffrey Donovan is JFK. Right. Eh, not so much. Now, speaking <laughs> of people in makeup, The Darkest Hour. I started watching The Darkest Hour. I haven't gotten through it, but it is eerie watching Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. If yeah, he doesn't I've win the Oscar, if, if he doesn't win the Oscar for this, then there's just no justice in the world. <laughs> um, I can't wait to finish it, but I just like I watched the first like half an hour twice because I was just like so. I just got so caught up in it that I forgot what I was watching and had to watch it again. It was really cool. Right. Uh, I did watch Suburbicon, surprisingly. It was an entertaining okay. movie. I thought it was going to be shit from watching the trailers and what everybody said. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. So nice. highly recommend Suburbicon. And you've got Matt Damon. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and uh, Bob Fogarty, friend of the show uh, and fellow fiery of the Art of Charm, uh, turned me on to the end of the effing world. This was it's on Netflix. Oh, my God. This is the best thing I've seen all year. Hands down, the single best thing I've seen all year. It's an eight part, half an eight part, half an hour per episode series. This is the Bonnie and Clyde, the I, I would say Harold and Maude, but uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're the same age. But this is one of the greatest coming-of-age stories I've ever seen in my life. I cannot recommend it. was very good. I can't recommend it enough. I can't. Awesome. Yeah, it is seriously one of the best things I've ever seen. The second best thing I ever saw was Russell Howard's Recalibrate. I I texted Mm -hmm. you in the middle of this saying, you must watch this now. (laughs) It is some of the best stand-up comedy I've ever seen. And it goes back to our our lighthearted, feeling good about the world type of comedy that we were looking for. I just laughed. Yeah. I laughed. It like wholeheartedly laughed. It wasn't a hate laugh, like, you know, watching comedy about Trump or anything like that. He's British and I can't believe I've never heard of him. Right. He's he's amazing. I can't wait to see more from him. I looked all around Netflix. This is the only thing they have. And he's apparently a pretty big TV star in England, but I, I, I got nothing on him. Now, let's talk about Zane Lamprey for two seconds. 
friend friend <laughs> of the show, I would like to say, because we've had him on, and we yep. we are big fans of Zane Lamprey. Uh, this this next video came about because I my my beloved my beloved drinking jacket finally bit the dust uh-huh. through no fault of its own. There was animal intervention, I would just say. So I had to go look and see about the new adventure hoodie. Now, when they did the last Kickstarter and we had them on the show, you were going to buy one. I canceled my order. Did you get yours? I got mine almost a year later, and it was right after winter ended, so it was kind of useless. <laughs> um, I have it. It's nice. I, I haven't had much call to wear it. Okay. I ended up getting the 2016 version. They just came out with a whole new line, and I ended right. up getting the 2016 Black Camo Limited Edition one. This is the best hoodie I've ever owned. I got to say, they got better <laughs> over time. So I was really worried that my drinking jacket would be dead forever and I would never have anything like it. But this new one, I mean, it's not cheap. It's a hundred. No. Mine was $139, but I wear it every single day when it is below 60 degrees and living in Chicago, that's half the year. So I need a really right. good, you know, I invest in, in good clothes like that. I am glad to say that my investment in this hoodie is probably going to pay off for a couple of years because it is really, really nice. Unfortunately, when I was going through the adventure site and getting my hoodie, I came across a new Zane Lamprey video called the tree video. Yes. Did you watch this video, Brian? This is his new thing that he's trying to do. Yes, it's quite amusing. (laughs) So if you buy one of the new adventure hoodies on their Kickstarter campaign, they will plant three trees for you. But he is also Mm -hmm. advocating that everybody, just everybody, go out and plant three trees. Because now that he's been around the world and has apparently gone batshit crazy from being up in the stratosphere too long on his flights, he has fallen in love with trees. There are two shots in this video that I I took umbrance with. One of him is literally looking at a tree and rubbing it like he wanted to fuck it. (laughs) He was was rubbing this tree going, baby, you're going to be mine tonight. And the next one is he's talking about how, you know, we need more trees and they do everything. And he's about to cry. And I'm like, it's a fucking tree, dude. I know. It's a fucking tree. Yes, we need to plant more trees. But it's a fucking tree. You do not cry about a tree. There's no crying in trees. And Now I, go back and drink beer and tell us about it. Because exactly. that's what we really want. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so bad. It was so bad. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine for planting trees. I'm, I am not anti-tree. But I, yes. I am anti-tree fucker and anti-tree crier. Yes. I just want to say that. <laughs> um, Counterpart, the new series mm-hmm. is out on stars. I watched the first episode. At, we, we covered it a couple weeks ago with the trailer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting start. Interesting start. Unfortunately, they're rolling it out slow roll. So you'd have yep. to subscribe to stars and then it will roll into you have to pay for it after your trial is up. Um, yep. So I will wait for it to finish, then get my trial and then watch it all in Smart. a day. <laughs> Yes, I'll actually probably wait it. since it's stars. I will wait till Ash versus the Evil Dead comes out, which comes out in a couple of weeks. And then I will just watch them all in, in, in a weekend and then cancel my, my trial because there's nothing else on stars. If there was something there right. to keep, it'd be worth it. But there's not. Oh, man. So uh, this came to me on Facebook. It's uh, Dr. Demento covered in punk. It's a new album from Dr. Demento. You had to be a Dr. Demento fan as a kid, right? Well, of course. I, uh, yes, of course. Always listen to his show regularly. Okay. Pico and Sepulveda, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I figured you had to be. This, this is our wheelhouse. I used to have like a little AM radio and in Chicago, I'd get it like in the middle of the night and I would hold, I would literally put my Radio Shack tape recorder next to it, next to the radio mm-hmm. and record it over the speaker yep. at night so i can yeah, listen to it I all did the week. same yeah it was yep. so much fun <laughs> so this is a really cool album it's on spotify it's it's a lot of songs and it goes back and forth between 
punk bands covering old classic Dr. Demento songs and vice versa. I don't know if Very did, cool. you get a chance to listen to it yet. Yeah, I listened to it. It's, it's great. It's really it's fantastic. Good. Yeah. yeah. There's an LA Times article to go along with it that'll be in the show notes that talks about the story about it. But I was so, I was so glad when I got this. Oh, friend of the show, Calby, sent me uh, sent me this link. So I want to give him a, a huge thank you for that because that really made my day when I got it because I needed a pick-me-up for sure. Very cool. Yeah, it was. it's a really good listen. I highly recommend it to everybody. And I, I mean, some of these songs I haven't heard since I was like eight years old. Yeah. So it's just, it's great. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, it is February 2nd. That means it's Groundhog Day is coming up. And uh, Groundhog Day, the movie, is 25 years old this month. Wow. I, I don't know if you've uh, seen it recently, but man, does that hold up. It is one of the best movies ever. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favor. It is uh, topical and timely, and it is charming, and we have talked a lot recently about things that just make us feel good. This is one of them. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again because I do love that movie. I do. It's it's great. It's just delightful. Again, mm-hmm. with our recurring theme of, of things that bring us delight. That's one of them. Uh, Moby is hit or miss for me. He sometimes brings me delight. Sometimes I could care less. But uh, <laughs> he's got a new song out. Uh, an album is coming called Everything Was Beautiful and Nothing Hurt. There's a song out now called Mere Anarchy. It is beautiful. I really enjoy this song. It's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to the new uh, Moby album. It seems to be a return to kind of his ambient pop roots, which I will. Well, actually, his roots technically are pop to be fair yeah but uh but the stuff i really like is is more ambient uh poppy stuff and this sounds like it so very good i'm looking forward to the album coming uh the proclaimers classic 500 miles (laughs) impressively recreated using 127 movies you can take your artificial intelligence putting nicholas cage on everything and shove it up your ass i want more of these things this was this is hilarious it was incredible (laughs) yeah yeah i watched this i just had a smile on my face like you I, I don't know who did this, but man, you've got way too much time on your hands because this is incredible. Uh, they're called The Unusual Suspect, and they have a YouTube channel, and they do this sort of stuff on the reg, so they've okay. managed to turn this. And this is the wonderful thing about the internet. They seem to have managed to turn this into a job. Mm. So, uh, you know, this is great. It was it was very funny. It was very good. I, just, uh, I do want to circle back on Moby for a second. I am generally ambivalent on Moby, but I did mm-hmm. like this song quite a bit. It's worth checking out. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful song. It's really well done. Uh, Speaking of music, Lisa Loeb just won a Grammy for children's album. I was unaware of the fact that Lisa Loeb has moved into doing kids albums. She's been doing it for quite some time. I'd like to speak for a moment about how shitty the algorithm is on Spotify, because if anything should be tossed up as a recommendation to me and what I'm playing on Spotify these days, Lisa Loeb should have turned up (laughs) in my recommendations or suggested artists or something. Um, So I only found out about it because she won the Grammy and I, I... the new album is called Feel What You Feel. It's a kid's album. It's absolutely fantastic. It is in my list now with Casper Baby Pants and uh, all the other things that my kid really loves. Um, she's also got a YouTube channel where she's got short videos for all of the songs, which my kid loves watching. So it's fantastic. Interestingly enough, uh, the new album Feel What You Feel that just won the Grammy is not available on Spotify. It is an Amazon exclusive. I did not know Amazon was getting into the game that hard with music where they were actually doing a, a, a original exclusive exclusive albums that weren't licensed anywhere else so interesting okay okay cool deal i did find a new podcast this week which i thought was pretty Mm -hmm. interesting it's called the boring talks this comes from do they have flamethrowers no they do not this comes from the bbc (laughs) and uh, there are only two episodes out as of this recording and the first episode is about douglas adams and the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where a an academic goes back and tries to figure out exactly when the day was that the Earth ended. 
Okay. It was fascinating to listen to this guy go through. Really? Oh, my God. For <laughs> The thing is, like, the premise of the show is things that are really boring, but some people might find fascinating. And I okay. found it unbelievably fascinating. <laughs> the, the, the detective work that this guy does to figure out what the day is that the world is, I can't spoil it for you, is just amazing. And it is such a good listen. It's only 22 minutes for the first one. The second one is about algorithmically priced books on Amazon. Also, sounds really boring, but not. It's only 11 minutes, okay. so even better. It's shorter. <laughs> but both of these so far, I love the show. It is like, I'm listening to it just going, why am I listening to this? And then I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. I get it. It's 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 Nerdvana. That's all it is. It's just Nerdvana. I think it's going to be great. Awesome. I'll check it out. Yep. And Wired had an article, uh, since we're podcasters, I want to throw a quick shout out here to podcasters everywhere. It turns out... Turns out, you always have to have it turns out, podcast listeners really are the holy grail advertisers hoped they'd be. Hmm. What we're seeing from the iTunes numbers that have been coming out, which I think are terrible and terribly low, uh, but what we're hearing is that people actually do, for the most part, listen to the entirety of a podcast. So. What? Yeah. I mean, looking at our numbers from for our show here, people make it 80% on average, yeah. but a lot of people make it all the way through. So very cool. For generally an episode, you know, we're in the thousands of hours of listen. So thank you, everybody who's, who sticks with us. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you. Preach. Preach. At the library. I finally finished a book. Woo-hoo. I'm very excited about this. Uh, this one, actually, I got off of NPR. They were talking about, about it. The author, Daniel H. Pink, was being... Uh, interviewed um it's called when the scientific secrets of perfect timing uh it was really interesting this uh, basically you know it's it's a deep dive into into uh, the rhythms that our bodies actually go through scientifically proven uh and, and basically with some real life tips about what you should be doing to kind of uh figure things out for yourself and basically live a better life and a more productive life and get things done that you want to get done uh you know the basic premise of uh, there are basically two types of people we fall on the spectrum about how long when we go to sleep when we wake up and the kind of dips and curves that we experience throughout the day which basically what I found out is I'm doing absolutely everything wrong. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's by the, you know, I'm by the time I, by, by the time I wake up and the actual period of time in which I try to get most of my work done, which is when my son takes a nap, that is the exact point in time where I'm at my lowest peak in terms of being able to do uh, creative type work. Mm. I'm, I'm much better doing bookkeeping and things like that is better at that time period. It's really fascinating. It's a good read. It's not uh, he's he's a good enough writer that even though it's mostly just science and kind of uh, kind of boring stuff, he keeps it interesting and he keeps it well written. So uh, it's worth a read. It's it's short and it's got a lot of practical tips in it. And and hopefully I will start to try to get some of them into my life. But uh, <laughs> it is hard to it's hard to make changes, man, especially big ones when, you know, he stoles the virtue of the power nap or what he calls the nappuccino. Uh, where yes. You drink a cup. Of, you drink a cup of coffee yep. and it takes, you know, 20 minutes before it kicks in. Mm-hmm. So you pound a cup of coffee. You go down and you take a nap. It usually takes you five minutes or so to be able to fall asleep. You do 10 to 15 minutes sleeping at the max and when you wake up the coffee kicks in and you're refreshed i've got to start trying dude this. i i do that with Paziz all the time because Paziz is the best yep. app nap app that's out there and it is <laughs> it really works and i love daniel pink he was an he was a guest on my former job <laughs> mm-hmm. uh we've t- sorry to bring that yeah, up then. we've talked to him we've talked to him before <laughs> i am a huge daniel pink fan his other book uh to sell is human 
is really good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that. It's the surprising truth about moving others. Um, it's a real good sales book if you need to learn about sales. But Daniel Pink's awesome, and he did Drive and a couple other books. I, I, I have nothing but good stuff to say about Daniel Pink. So I will definitely yeah, check this out. It's a really enjoyable book. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I didn't get this. I usually get I say I get maybe I threw it away. I get stacks of books every week from publishers, and right. I, may, I may have recycled <laughs> this one accidentally. Sorry, Daniel. Oh man! So I've been uh, listening to "The Left Hand of Darkness" by Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm-hmm. Um, Great book. It is so far. I unfortunately have not finished it yet, but I threw it in here because I started it. I'm about halfway through. Really dig it. Really dig it. It's a good book. It's it's like really good sci-fi. And what I think I like the most of it about it though was. Her intro to the book is just talking about we're not, you know, telling the future. We're liars. We're science fiction writers. We lie to you. And that's all we're (laughs) ever going to do is lie to you. So sit back and enjoy it. Don't take this as gospel. This is a fun story. Get on with it. Enjoy it. And uh, I am. I totally am. Cool. Yeah, I I think it's great. So I'm glad you're finally getting around to read it. It's a total classic. So I think I'm going to have to pick up more of her books, though. That's the, the downside. I, yeah, really, well, I like her style. It, su- it sucks to find a new author. <laughs> I know. It, it, actually, it does. Going back to the, the media overload. Uh, I love her yeah. style. I like how she writes. And once you find somebody yeah. where you like how they write and you can jive with it, then it's it's, it's the worst mm-hmm. thing ever. Because then you have to go read more. <sighs> yeah. Security? Ha! We're back with Dave Papa Bittner. How you doing, Dave? I am doing well, gentlemen. How's everything going on your end? <laughs> Listen to the beginning of the show if you want to know. <laughs> it was an interesting week for sure. All right. Well, you know, best wishes to you. I hope everything settles down and ends well for you. Thank you very um, much. It, you know, I had an interesting week myself. And uh, if we want to rewind a little bit, you know, we have all agreed that none of us had actually ever seen, had a personal experience with someone using a Mac being infected by any sort of malware, right? Correct, Amundo. Correct. And we had even checked in with Patrick Wardle, who's one of the best-known uh, Mac malware researchers, and he, you know, had had agreed that they were few and far between. Well, guess what happened this past week to me? My- oh, do tell, <laughs> do tell. <laughs> so I get a call from my father uh, and my elderly father. My father's in his eighties. Uh, my both of my parents are in their eighties, and I'm lucky to still have them mm-hmm. around. And probably like you guys uh, and many of our listeners, uh, I am my family's tech support. Ain't that the yep. fucking truth? <laughs> I have uh, come to answering the phone and saying, "Hello, Dave's Lifetime Unlimited Tech Support. Dave speaking. How may I help you?" And <laughs> uh, so my father calls me and he says, as as he often does, "Dave, there's a problem with the computer. Can you can you come help me fix it?" And I do, and I you know I, I remind myself that as much of a pain as it may be in the moment, that you know my parents have been very helpful to me, and there's nothing that I'm doing that makes me too busy to spend a few minutes with my parents. So I spent a glorious four hours on Sunday afternoon <laughs> at my parents' house. Uh, how, how, how glorious was it actually, Dave? <laughs> well, uh, so I'm going to try to take to take us through the story here of what happened. Um, now, keep in mind, some of this I didn't actually witness myself. This is described to me by my father. Uh, who, uh, to his credit, is a copious note-taker, so I'm I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Um, He got a call from one of his credit card companies that said one of his credit cards had been compromised. Uh, This was midweek last week. And, okay, you know, that happens. That's not unusual. 
The next day, he was logged on to his banking website, which he does regularly to do his you know various banking things. And while he's on his banking website's page, a pop-up pops up, and it says, Your computer is infected. Mm-hmm. Please call this number right now. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. So he did. Uh, and okay. <laughs> he spent he spent an hour on the phone with these people. Probably giving them access to everything that they wanted. Well, <laughs> fortunately, I th- you know, one of the, uh, I don't know, side effects of uh, my father being in his 80s is that he does things very slowly. Uh, and like <laughs> I said, he keeps copious notes. So he was writing things down as he went. And fortunately, he didn't give them anything. And uh, as as I said, about an hour into the conversation, he thought to ask, wait a minute. Who are you people? I don't know who you are. Are you, are you the bank? And they said, oh, no, we're, you know, such and such computer security company. And basically what they were trying to do was sell him um, some kind of, you know, super crazy antivirus software uh, for the low, low price of 10 years of service for $1,000. Holy Jiminy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We yeah. talked about this last week that a friend of mine got sucked in by that, and I thought that she should just be not allowed to have a computer for the rest of her life. But <laughs> right. man, thousand bucks! Hers was ninety nine ninety five. Well, thousand I, you know, bucks. I don't know if they just you know sensed that maybe they had a big fish on the hook or whatever. I don't know. But um, he hung up with them and had not done it. You know, had not turned anything over to them. Had not allowed them to talk him through doing anything on the machine itself. Um, and, uh, to his credit, he called the bank and the bank said, yes, you know, that wasn't us. Our, our website will never do that. And, you know, they were very helpful at the bank. And then I was the next phone call after that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I go over there and, you know, not really knowing what I'm in for. And of course, you know, I, I know probably more than most people about this stuff, but I'm not a malware researcher. Uh, I certainly have a lot of experience on the Mac going back to, you know, system seven. So <laughs> know my way around a Mac. Uh, and he has a MacBook Pro. It's an older machine. <laughs> Did you zap the PRAM first? <laughs> uh, yeah, over several times. You know, because if you don't do it just once, it doesn't take. So I did it several times. No, you got to at least do it two, yeah. two or three yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> the more you zap so, it, the better it pees. That, that's well, how that PRAM works. <laughs> how could it hurt? So, um, so I start digging around, you know, on things. And sure enough, um, what I discovered was the Chrome browser had been taken over by another search domain. That looked just like Google, but wasn't Google. It was mm. by all, you know, if, and it, I didn't notice it at first either. I mean, it, it, at first glance, you think, oh, here's Google, uh, except it doesn't have the word Google. Uh, and basically what was happening was they were functioning <laughs> it's a as a... Welcome to Google. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, functioning as a man in the middle attack. Right. Mm. So anytime you would open a new tab, it would open up this other search engine, which was, uh, I have it written down here, uh, searchfdm.com, which if you want to go actually Google, um, they are, you know, up to no good. So so now, you know, the game is afoot. Now we know there's something going on, and we're starting to to track this down. We have quantified shenanigans. Let us move on. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, go digging through the system, looking for things, looking for downloads that aren't, uh, shouldn't be there, and sure enough, find some stuff. Uh, there's a file called GoToOpener. You know, DMG, a disk image uh, that was downloaded a few days ago. There's an installer. Um, mm. I open the installer, see what it looks like. You know, find the image. Well, it turns out, probably what happened was is that he got hit by one of the 
wait for it, fake Flash Player installers. Oh, ah. man. Hmm. He right. should listen to our shows. <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing when it's your own father. Uh, so, and, and of course, you know, he says, well, he, I didn't update anything. And it's quite possible that he didn't. Who, who knows? You know, there are other people. My sister uses his computer sometimes. My kids use his computer sometimes. You know, it's, I can certainly see someone in, when they want to get to what they want to get to, they just click OK to get the pop up out of the screen. But. Anyway, so, um, you know, went searching around, um, downloaded an antivirus software, had it run, and sure enough, it found a couple of things. Um, one of them was uh, a file called adware.flashfree. I hope you uh, didn't was, download Kaspersky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was interesting to me is how many of these files really weren't trying to hide themselves. You know, they were they were called adware.whatever. You know, there were probably half a dozen files that were boldly labeled adware. We're stealing um, so, your money. DMG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bend over. DMG. So uh, went through, <laughs> got rid of all of those, um, loaded up actually a couple of Patrick Wardle's tools from his uh, website Objective C to see if there was anything that was trying to establish persistence. You know, you can check to see what's uh, loading when you boot the machine up. So that was helpful. Didn't find anything there, and. Um, so as far as I can tell, like I said, after four hours of uh, going through and cleaning things and then also doing whatever updates I could do to the machine, it's an older machine, so he can only get up to El Capitan, and there were a couple of updates that he hadn't installed. Um, I think we're back to uh, where we should be, and, uh, you know, fortunately he didn't lose anything, didn't lose any money, but uh, I can now say that I know someone who had their Mac infected, and uh, it was someone close <laughs> close to home. It still wasn't a virus, though, because that's what we talked about originally. It's like when when you get well, these things, they're adware. Right. So we, yeah. we, we so we have an adware hit, but we still don't it's have still, a real virus. It still qualifies as yeah user right. error. Yeah, absolutely, it is absolutely <laughs> user error. Yeah. So so that's story number one. Uh, story we, number but we can, two. We can we can round this one out by saying Dave's father doesn't love him enough to listen to his show. So I'm sorry, Dave. I'm going to pat you on the back and say, my father doesn't listen to this show either, so it's okay. If it had been my mom, we would have been fine. But <laughs> Right. Yeah, my father is uh, one of those people who would probably say, what's the podcast? What does that mean? How do I do the podcast? What is? I don't know what that is. Yes. And that's fine. You can always tell. You can always tell when they add yeah. the in front yeah. of things like the podcaster. Do you got the ways? Yeah. Are yeah. you doing Actually, the pot? <laughs> yeah. What I used to hear from all the t from him all the time was he would call me up and he'd say, uh, he'd say, Dave, I'm having trouble with the safari. There's a problem with the safari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I literally had the puppy police come to my house today because with the new puppy, they send around the puppy police or the puppy patrol to make sure that. The dog has found a, a happy new home, and you're not mistreating mm. it or anything. And the Pulled woman one over they sent, on them, huh? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got your puppy now. <laughs> um, so the woman they sent over was, you know, I don't know if you've dealt with a rescue in the past, but mm. to, to work at a rescue, you have to be at least 65 years old, mm -hmm. a woman, and batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> they do attract so, a certain type of person, don't they? Oh, my God. And <laughs> so she's like, I'm the technologically not savvy. Uh, I don't have the email. Again, with the the. Uh -huh. It was like, I go to the library to get my books. So uh, if you need to get in touch with me, you can call my cell phone and leave me a voicemail and I'll get back in touch with you. And she, she saw the picture of Bam Bam on the wall today and thought that it was the greatest thing ever. So she's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, you know, artwork done of my dog too. <laughs> and then she called me after she left. She's like, 
can I get the information for the person who did that? And I'm, 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 I hate to tell you, I'm not on the email. So if you can just tell me what the phone number is, I would really appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, this is uh it's a website. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is what it takes to be on Puppy Patrol, is yeah. it? <laughs> so that, that's story number one. Story number two is a little quicker story. Uh, you know, as we've talked about to Facebook's ability to uh, read our minds and, and all that sort of thing, I actually have – this happened yes. to me today. Um, we moved into new offices in the past month or so here at the CyberWire, and uh, it's a, actually a new office building that we're in. We're the only people in the office so far, so it's mostly empty. And one of the side effects of that is with so much empty space in the office, they're still figuring out how to fine-tune the HVAC system. So there are times when it's very right. cold, and there's times when it's very warm, and I'm not a complainer or anything, but uh, I went out and got myself a little uh, thermometer, so I could know exactly how cold it was and how warm it was. Well, built into this thermometer is also, it also measures humidity. So I hope you bought it from our show notes from three episodes ago when I bought the same damn thing and I get a, <laughs> at least a nickel back. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> of yes. course I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I'm obsessing over the humidity because, you know, I, I talk, talk for a living mm-hmm. and the humidity is way too low in here. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, I just need to buy a humidifier to go in the little, you know, my office, my studio here where I am. Uh, Ten bucks says so you didn't th- use the link in the show notes to the humidifier that I recommended. Oh, oh, good for the for God's sake. <laughs> this will go on all day. So just power so, through it, Dave. So, power through it. So I'm thinking to myself, I should buy a humidifier. I should look into that, see what I you know need. And then today, sure enough, I fire up Facebook, and the first ad that pops up from Amazon is humidifiers. humidifiers. <laughs> right? <laughs> My jaw hits the desk because I didn't tell anyone I was looking for humidifiers. I didn't even say it's the funny, word all humidifier I get her. <laughs> there. And yet... All I get are ads for fucking maple cookies because Jason won't shut up about that either. There it was. There was an ad for humidifiers. So, of course, I've come to the only logical conclusion, which is somehow that Facebook has mind-reading capabilities. This is the only possible logical that conclusion. Right. Not the fact that it's flu nope. season, nope. That it, not that it's no. winter, not that hundreds of people are getting humidifiers this time no. of year. Nope. Facebook yes. is listening. Come on, man. Yes. Sheeple. The truth is out there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I got a humidifier. I covered it with right, tinfoil. Because exactly. they don't say it's Wi-Fi enabled, but I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, welcome to the Internet of Moisture. Yeah. So that's story time with Dave. Uh, All right. Uh, And then, uh, so let's go to some real stories here. Let's run through these a little quickly. (laughs) I know I chewed up a lot of time there, but um, I put this one in here for you, Brian, is an article from Security Week called It's Time for Machine Learning to Prove Its Own Hype. Well, surely there's an AI that could do that for them. (laughs) That's right. Uh, it's an interesting article. Yeah, I, I read this. I, I liked it a lot. It was a it was a really interesting article. Yeah, so, so. Uh, d- d- check it out. Um, the, the part I liked, um, they were comparing AI to alchemy, uh, and uh, one of the gentlemen <laughs> interviewed said, "Alchemists invented metallurgy, ways to dye textiles, our modern glass making processes, and medications. Then again, alchemists also believed they could cure diseases with leeches and turn base metals into gold. And they all and died I from think, lead poisoning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a lot." 
to be said and, there. And lack of humidity. <laughs> they had very dry, scratchy throats. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's something to be said there as a comparison to AI. So uh, it's an interesting article. Um, so check it out if you get a chance. Um, our next story yep. is uh, actually about a, uh, a new Bitcoin mining botnet. It's called <laughs> Smominru. With an exclamation Say that three times end. fast. Yeah, Smominru. With no humidity. <laughs> And it's actually funny because sometimes on the Cyberwire, you know, on our podcast, I find myself having to pronounce words that it's likely no one has ever actually said out loud before, like Smominru. Yes. <laughs> is it Smominru? Is it Smomin? I don't know. You know, so I just figure I'll I'll say it and... You say Smominru, yeah. I <laughs> right, say Smominru. Exactly. Right. Let's get the whole thing with Bitcoin. Let's mine yeah. the whole thing off. Um, yes. But this is an interesting evolution in botnets where rather than being used for Bitcoin, they're being used to mine... Um, cryptocurrency. So as we've talked about in the past, one of the big things about botnets is if that you don't know that your computer or your camera or your DVR has been taken over by some sort of botnet, then you're be, you'll be blissfully unaware that anything's going on. So for the people who create these, if I can create a Bitcoin mining botnet and I dial it in so that Bitcoin mining botnet is only using, say, 20% of the CPU capacity of the devices I've taken over, nobody will know. And for the people who do right. it, what's nice about that is nobody's looking for it. It doesn't draw attention to itself. It's not like you're holding it for ransom or, you know, you're actually doing something to other people that would have them come after you. They're just basically stealing your electricity and your processing power from you, and you're none the wiser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun times. So yeah. is there really a crime? Well, you know, yes. <laughs> Actually, yes, there is. Never mind. Yes, yes there is. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> oh, but it's fine. kind of that, you know, if I if I stand out front of your if I stand on the sidewalk in front of your house and I read a book by the light of your lamppost, am I stealing electricity right. from you? No, you're not. No, you're just creepy. <laughs> yeah. But if you walked if you walked up to the front door, used a coat hanger to turn on my light to read your book, then yes, you are stealing because it right. wouldn't. I wouldn't right. be using that electricity otherwise. Right. All right. Yep. Yeah. I, I'd agree with all that. Okay, we're we're gonna yeah. go through this real quick because I think this is a, it's an old story at this point, but we had to bring it up mm. is because we talked about yeah. Strava and Brian's use of Strava in the past and uh, oh. The fact that, uh, yes, yeah, Strava was giving away the secret location of army bases because somebody turned on geolocation. <laughs> is this Strava's fault? I say no. What, what no, say it he? is because, <laughs> no, the, the problem, that's not, the, this, this information didn't get out, the secret U.S. army bases didn't get out because uh, individual users were using it. It got out because Strava decided to release heat maps that they thought they had de-anonymized, which they fucking had. You can't de-anonymize large data sets. We all know this. Look at. I mean, yes, you look can. At, yes, no. you can. I just took a class called Data Ethics that talks about it. Right. Jason. Remember, it talks about how you de-anonymize look, these remember, things. I, I, and that is exactly okay, what happened. But yeah, I want to talk about the old days with AOL when they de-anonymized data. The first thing people did was go back and recreate the data and and re 
you know, put people's names with the search oh, results. Yeah, Remember we're, that? we're agreeing. We're, <laughs> we're totally we're... agreeing. Sorry. I thought I thought you were saying that you can't de-de-anonymize data, which you can do. <laughs> okay. So uh, we agree. Okay, 100%. I was just like, that's the point. That's, Who's taking over but Brian's that's, body? But, that's, but can you okay. de-de-de-anonymize? But that's why Strava is at fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you uh, run it through, uh, what's the, those BitTorrent yes, chopper tumblers. things? Tumblers. Um, no, tumblers. so that, that's, that's why it's Strava's fault, because Strava released this data with the full, they, they had to have known that somebody would be able to piece this right. together that it would not remain anonymous so it yes. is strava's fault it's totally strava's fault they sh- nobody should be putting out this data uh, without uh, some understanding of what's going to happen especially when it's as invasive as tracking as as heat maps of where people are walking and where people are going this was ridiculous for them to do this and to think that that nothing was going to happen yeah and it's one of the so says I. <laughs> so saith Brian. <laughs> As one of the guys I work with here who's a former uh, military guy was saying that um, it's not like things like army bases are big secrets. So this notion that it revealed bases where there weren't any and that our adversaries wouldn't have known that there were bases there, that's a little right. much. But yeah, uh, yeah a little dubious. But it can yeah. reveal patterns but and we finally got area 52 and reveal patterns and where people Where's are going Mulder? yeah we actually talked about area 51 over on the cyberwire related to this is one of my proudest moments uh <laughs> yeah, nice yeah. was this we when they were looking for it. the new flight attendants for the the plane service from mccarran <clears throat> oh i don't know you know years ago tw- 20 years ago uh, I was uh, I interviewed a guy who swore that um, he had seen the alien spacecraft at Area 51. He was a f- <laughs> said he was a nice. former pilot. He was like Nixon's pilot, like he flew Air Force One, <laughs> and he swore he had seen the uh, alien spacecraft at uh, Area 51. Man, Jason, we are we are on heavy use of the tangent. Uh, <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this happened. It, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, they should have realized that releasing this much data was going to cause a problem. Um, the interesting thing to me is uh, we're really going to see uh, if the if it's true that there's no such thing as bad publicity because Strava was just such a like subsidiary kind of offshoot social network that really wasn't taking off and you know it had some crazy users who really loved it but it wasn't going mainstream we'll find out if it goes mainstream or not now mm-hmm. because oh, of this, um, this could have just been a pr play hmm. well that's i i'm not suggesting that that's what it is but i am curious about the the no bad publicity aspect because they are getting a lot of bad publicity about it Still but publicity. it's also getting their name yeah, out yeah. there because a lot of people had never heard of this before and that might be interesting uh lifehacker has a very long and convoluted article about how to keep strava from telling everybody where you live uh blocking your privacy and your <laughs> Why data do they need a long um, article for that it's just a, it's a it's a fucking setting no it's, just, it's three screenshots no no come on you obviously did not read okay. the article jason it's actually apparently it's rather granular and quite confusing they have they're they're even worse than facebook in terms of their mm. privacy oh, i can tell settings. you how to not so. share your location data with strava uninstall well, uh, you're stepping on my joke jason the one thing i pulled from that article the most private solution as you may have guessed is not to use the app at all (laughs) (laughs) professor falcon so yeah 
Damn. And then the uh, my my particular tangent and what I thought the most interesting thing of this entire Strava brouhaha was is uh, Jarvis Island, the cycling hotspot that wasn't. This is Atlas Obscura even got in on this. There is an, a, a, a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that is basically just bird crap. And if you as part of this heat map that Strava has released, it's bright bright white burning because a company called Zwift that is uh, does the virtual rides for you know your your bikes at home use that island as one of their maps and it was one of the most popular islands in the thing so there and people who bike riders who you know in the snow would hop on their bike in their house and do the stationary cycling would go to this island and and use Strava so it was one of the most popular places on the entire planet is this tiny Uninhabited oh, that's island. Weird. So it wasn't how actually did, how using are they their getting, GPS. How are they getting the yeah? How are they getting credit for being there if there's just like one guy riding around the island taking video? That's I have that's no crazy. Clue, but okay. apparently, like they they would enter it in on. Oh. You could somehow enter in that. That's just where you manually riding, input so, your location. Really. It wasn't like going yeah, from a device. I guess so. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah. pretty interesting. That is really funny. <laughs> oh man, um, I have one final video here. If you've ever gone to a hotel and have had one of the safe lock hotel safes in your closet, which I think mm-hmm. we all have at yeah. one point, the, the lock picking attorney has done a video on how to check to see if they have changed or not changed the default password. So it's a it's a quick little YouTube video where you can it, where he teaches you how to go into admin mode and check to see if it's uh, openable by the default password. It's it's fun. It takes three minutes and. You will change your mind about using those hotel safes, is all I'm saying. I'd never use them anyways. Yeah, why? I mean, why would you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a good little eye-opening video. Uh, so, yeah, do check it out. All right, guys. Well, this has been a, a, a very interesting <laughs> jaunt around the horn, as it were. So, <laughs> Yes. You know that thing about the island? Did you guys ever see the video with – or have you guys heard about that island that's full of deadly snakes? Yeah, yeah yes. and like the the, yes. the job of what whoever's coast guard it is to just basically keep everybody off the island because <laughs> just right. do not go here. If you step onto the island, you'll basically just be attacked by deadly snakes, like really deadly. Not like, know, li- I guess, literally on the map it says there be dragons. No, really, there be dragons. Yeah, <laughs> stay like, away. Don't go on this <laughs> island unless you're as uh, I guess what do they call them? Her- herpetologist. Uh, stay off this island because. Uh, it's overrun with deadly snakes who, I guess, eat birds and stuff. But uh, I don't know. It seems like this. <laughs> and, a, and the a David Attenborough tourist. video in the making. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll end with that, right? <laughs> All right. Another tangent for the win. <laughs> uh, this week on the island of grumpy old deadly snake islands. So there we go. All right, guys. Next. Yes. Until yeah. next week. Brick right. <laughs> <laughs> a brick. Bored Panda is such a great site, uh, even though I don't have the time to be bored much anymore. I love the things that I end up finding over here. Jason, you and I both live this life, um, this whole thing. Uh, it just made me laugh hilariously. Company hilariously mocks stupid client requests, shows what happens when you do everything that they ask. <laughs> uh, there's no point in talking you through this. Link is in the show notes. It's awesome. And it is exactly what Jason and I have gone through. And and if you have ever worked for a client and done uh, design work or anything like that, you have done this too. You have lived this life. It's awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to go check that out then. Because, yeah, I love Board Panda. And it's it's interesting. Board Panda is one of the companies that got really screwed by the new Facebook algorithm changes. Yep. yep. Yeah. They're, they're one of the uh, the poster children for 
Don't put your business on Facebook. Yep. Now, this one came to me through a friend on Facebook, ironically enough. Stilton <laughs> cheese rolling competition canceled due to, quote unquote, disappointing lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> and in the article says, cheese rolling is no longer seen as cool, organizers said. <laughs> and You don't say. I just love the fact that up until last year, cheese rolling was something that was apparently considered cool, and we could have done that. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Now, this is one. I, I hate Dan Brown. I hate the Me Da Vinci too. Code. I hate all of his books. I've read two of his books, and they were drivel. I hated the movies. Tom Hanks, shame on you for doing those movies. <laughs> but he has just donated 300,000 pounds to Amsterdam's Ritman Library, also known as the Biblioteca Philosophica Hermetica House of Living Books. Yes. So they can basically uh, digitize 3,500 occult manuscripts. Now, mm -hmm. the, the funny part about this was I found this story from a tweet from someone that had uh, CC'd William, or actually it was a retweet from William Gibson who somebody had tweeted him. It's like, stop it. Stop it, <laughs> because the, the tweet was uh, uh, basically saying that. So we ran this uh, this data set against AI, and now we're having dragons show up in our office. <laughs> so yeah, this will be an interesting AI data set for the machine learning to to go from. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it, either way, it was funny. It was probably funnier in the time. But anyway, it's it's interesting that he's got <laughs> enough money to do this. So there are a lot of people that like really bad books in the world, is what I learned from this. Yes. No. Yes, there are. One thing that I learned from the State of the Union address this week came from Clayton Cubitt on Twitter. Uh, apparently, those cutaway shots to the people that uh, the president peppers the audience with and bring, brings around, mm -hmm. they're called Lenny Skutniks. So there's a name for those people. I did not know that. Did you know that? I did. Useless knowledge. I love useless knowledge. That's why I listen to so many stupid podcasts. <laughs> but yes, Me too. Yes, it's a generic term for notable people who are invited to sit in the gallery at the State of the Union Address or other joint meetings of the United States. So Lenny yes. Skutniks. So there's a, there's a link to the Wikipedia article about it and who all the previous Lenny Skutniks were. And this year, <laughs> there are some Skutniks in there, I tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yes, there were. Feedback loop. We would like to thank Atari Max, who is our new Patreon subscriber this week. Thank you so much, Atari Max. Great name, by the way. Yes, very cool. Thank you. And over at PayPal, we got direct donations from Adam and Mark. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Over on Twitter, all of the Bitcoin writes in, would love to hear your <laughs> thoughts on Siffy's Happy. If you had the chance to watch it or not, I'm enjoying it so far. And I'm sorry to hear the Schulmeisters caught the kiddo crud. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like I said, it is the uh, the fluberous that's going around over there. Yes. I feel better soon. Congrats on the certification, though. No, thank you very much. Uh, no, have not watched. Uh, I went and took a look at it after after getting the tweet. It looks bizarre, uh, interesting, bizarre, crazy. But uh, I got to clear up, as mentioned, <laughs> some some of my media slop to be able to make room for something new. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll bookmark that and come back to it uh, if you're you're enjoying it. Yeah, we'll now check that I've got the Xfinity so. DVR Electro thing, I can I can actually I can record it and watch it. Amazingly enough, so I'll snag a copy of that for yeah. sure. And Josh P. Greenberg tweeted us, this should be right up Brian's alley. Pay what you want for 65 plus hours of ethical hacking training from Engadget. Uh, don't want to be ethical or a hacker. Or <laughs> well, you want to be ethical. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be trained. Okay, I do want to be right. ethical. Yeah, I'm not really, I, I, I'm not a white or a black hat 
hacker or a gray hat hacker coding hacking all that sort of stuff is i'm just too old yeah yeah these days so yeah and and (laughs) i I, i'm sorry that i'm dubious about people who say pay what you want for this great product we have i'm like eh, that's kind of a that's kind of a red flag so i i did that pay pay what you want for that first radiohead album that radiohead album yeah there you go so again on twitter (laughs) one true free says apple 2 came with a basic interpreter and a manual can kids now find products so accessible and capable? Actually, they can find products that are unbelievably way more powerful than a basic interpreter. Swift. You can get Swift for your Mac if you have a Mac. Um, it, he mentioned the Apple too, so I'm guessing he's still in the Apple ecosystem. But Swift, you can program damn near anything. And there are amazing, uh, what is it, uh, just tutorials for kids that they put out for the iPad on how to program games like Apple is killing it with how to get the kids into the ecosystem. So yeah, there's a ton of stuff out there. I am jealous of the stuff that these kids can do now and it is free. I mean, you have to have the iPad and the, you know, the computer and all that stuff, but you can learn how to program. Not, not very free. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have, you have to have the computer (laughs) first, but uh, once you have that, you can (laughs) learn how to do it. Yes. They're not going to give you a tin can, some string and say, make an iPhone app kid. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. And uh, Chris L. 1977 writes, using Laura to target scammers sounds like a really bad slash illegal idea for anyone in the civilized world. <laughs> That's we why agree. we said caveat emptor on, on the old Laura. <laughs> we said caveats, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, and Mad Hatter RH writes in, looks like Google is still expanding selfie search in the U.S. It was driving me crazy that I couldn't find it in the app either. And this is talking about the how to compare your selfie to an old piece of art. Uh, yes. Yeah, I deleted it, so I haven't I haven't gone back and looked yet. Yeah, I will say this is very poor timing and a poor planning on Google's part because uh, the hype is way too high for what it's actually going to be. You're just going to be disappointed yeah. when you get it you, now. You, it's you not missed, that great. You missed the boat there, Google. <laughs> way to go. Yep. Uh, ben Stanley writes, have you guys watched Counterpart on Stars Network yet? Scroll really up. good. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned that earlier, so <laughs> scroll up. <laughs> yep. Random Funk writes in, hey guys, any suggestions for cross-browser bookmarks? I'm having to use Chrome and Firefox and would like the same bookmarks on both without adding them to each one every time. Thanks. Uh, check out Xmarks. That's the only one that I know that does it. Yeah, I used that when I transferred over mm-hmm. to Opera. So it worked really well cross-browser. So that worked great. So check <laughs> that out. It worked really well. I'm not saying it works that well. Yeah. Kind of worked. It's, it, you know, it's it sketchy did the job. if you're doing... A little, yeah. little... Caveat emptor. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> exactly. All right, over at iTunes, we got a bunch of five-star ratings this week uh, from all over the place. The first is from Enhardis in South Africa, the Top Gear of Geek Podcasts. I love that. They are to geek podcasts as Top Gear was to car TV shows. I appreciate the yes, was as well. Yes, thank you. So you're not referencing the new the new disgustingness of Top Gear. So, yes, thank you very much. That's high praise. High praise. Thank you so much. That That, that made my day when I saw that. I'm like... Well, damn, that is high. That is that is good praise. Next one comes from Filtering Craig from the U.S. Great podcast. I can't remember where I heard about the Grumpy Old Geeks, but it fills a void in my podcast listening. It gets a little geekier than some of the other tech podcasts I listen to that skew towards business. Great stuff. It's the kind of podcast that I can only recommend to certain people. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That's awesome <laughs> that it serves a specific audience so well. Well, we do our best. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Our next five-star rating is from uh, Berserker in Hell. Great name uh, from France. This is straight up fun. The fourth straight episode now. And I just want to say thank you for making every Monday in the office so hard not to laugh at some of the stuff in the podcast. Absolutely love it. Thank you Thanks. very much. And uh, I this one, this one I'm, hmm. I'm dubious about. This comes hmm. from The hmm. Real Beach Mama because um, it says, 
This podcast mm. is pure negative energy and it belongs in the depths of hell. Good podcast. Don't. And this is a five star from the Real Beach Mama. We kind of know the Real Beach Mama. And I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Will the Real Beach Mama please stand up? I'm not I'm not sure if I'm buying this. Yes. If they, if that's you, thank you for hanging in there all these years. That's pretty amazing. Uh, if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and snarky review. And as always, please tell a friend. Quick shout out to my nerdy Sanchez rotating cast of pub trivia teammates for the $100 win last week and just narrowly missing out on making the citywide tournament. It's been fun. It's always fun. And a shout out to Bay City's Deli and the delicious godmother sandwich that they make, which is the only reason I'm alive right now. <laughs> that's that's the first sandwich you got from Uber Eats, wasn't it? It was. It was. And then they jacked the prices on it and it ended up becoming stupid to just not drive the four blocks to go get it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Look at me for remembering that, though. How crazy. Um, My shout out goes to my AOC family. All my friends who uh, got fired this week. Love you all. We'll do something again at some point. And uh, thanks to all the listeners of the show who have been hammering me on social media asking what happened. And I like again, I would like to just reiterate that Jordan didn't fire me. AJ Kazarowski fired me and the aj stands for amateur jordan i would like to say and uh <laughs> thanks so much for listening to the show until next time i'm brian schulmeister and i'm jason defilippo thanks for listening to grumpy old geeks to support the show and keep us on the air go to patreon.com slash gog toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever if you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation go to gog.show and click the paypal button in the sidebar show notes for this episode are at gog.show slash 245 from there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week. Well, that was a fun sloppy mess. <laughs>